Welcome to Coaching for a Living, a podcast for coaches who want to build financially viable coaching businesses and make a living doing what they love. I'm your host, Alisa Barkin, and I am thrilled to have you here. Are you ready to take the next step in your coaching business? Let's go. Hello, hello. Onion rings. Hello, friends, and welcome back to another episode of Coaching for a Living. Today, we are joined by Janice Mandel, and we're going to talk about PR for coaches. Janice helps companies and business professionals get noticed and create an authentic, credible brand. For 20 years, she worked in public relations with top-level organizations like American Express, Microsoft, and Procter & Gamble, and that experience taught her how to use public relations for brand building and business growth. She applied that knowledge to create Build Your Own PR Toolkit, an easy system for small and medium-sized companies and professionals that want to develop a strong, trustworthy brand to help them achieve their business or professional goals. Janice, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Happy to be here. Happy to have you. Uh, Janice, I have to admit, for a long time, I didn't know what PR was. I mean, I knew it stands for public relations, but beyond that, I had no idea how to place it in a business context. So I say we start from there. What is PR and what is it not? You know, you're not alone, so do not do not feel bad about that. I've been working in PR for many, many years, and uh, I have to tell you, many times I've gone places and told people that what I do, and, and they're, they're usually like, oh, PR, yeah, yeah, that's really interesting, you know, um, but, and then they sometimes say, not exactly sure what that is. So I, I hear that a lot. Um, I think even my own mother didn't know for a very long time. <laughs> PR actually has a lot of different definitions. A lot of them are really technical. And sometimes after you hear the definition, you still like aren't that clear on what it is because the word Publix is used and whatever. But one of the definitions that I personally like is from um, Harold Burson, who is one of the uh, founders of the public relations industry. What he says is that public relations is the business of creating and changing attitudes. So that's very simple. And that's really what I think I do in my job. And so I really relate to that definition. I like that short and sweet, creating and changing attitude. Yeah. And a lot of people do not realize that what you see and read in the news is generated by things like a planned media event, like a press conference, you know, like governments do this all the time with press briefings. They have them almost daily and that generates media coverage. If they didn't have those press briefings, that media coverage wouldn't be generated. There's also press releases. Every single day, like today, there'll be hundreds of press releases issued. Then there's just people like me and you. We can reach out to a journalist and say, hey, I have a story idea, and that might generate a news story. So you can really see how there's so much attitude changing that goes on because of media coverage. And the media coverage sometimes is generated by PR. Not always, but a lot of the time it is. And, and the other thing, people do get PR confused with advertising. So I also like to give another small definition, which is, to differentiate PR from advertising. Advertising is what you say about yourself. Public relations is what other people say about you. So that just shows you that credibility factor, the endorsement that is provided mm -hmm. by the media coverage or whoever it is that's talking about you. And that's kind of the power of PR versus advertising. So a lot of the PR is based on you getting visibility, whether it's through the media or through yeah. other avenues. Before we think about seeking this visibility via PR. Is there anything that needs to happen prior to that? It's very important that you have a story that is relevant to whoever it is that you're speaking to. So let's just imagine you're 
looking for news coverage again. But it could also be you're trying to get a speaking engagement at a conference or you're trying to run an event or whatever it is. You want to think about who your audience is. You want to think about what it is that you're trying to say to them. You want to make sure that you say it to them in a way that is credible. So you don't just tell them what you want to tell them, but you tell them why they should believe you. So there is this thing, RTB, reason to believe. You say what you want to say, but then you also give them some facts to support that statement, which are the reasons that they should believe what you're saying is true. And then that's your message. And you know, that message can be put into a media product like a press release or an event. It can be put into a speech. Basically when you're, when you're doing PR, you'll have a message track. And this is something I advise clients on and I've always done. One of the initial things after you set your goal is you create your message track and your message track is what you want to say and how you want to say it. And you refine that and you can use that in many different avenues like press releases, media interviews, speeches, and then you refine that over time. That's how you get everyone singing from the same song sheet in a company. Mm. So what I'm hearing is this, you first define who your audience is, who's listening, who, do, who would you like to read this piece of information? Who do you want to be visible in front of? Um, then you, you set a goal for this PR campaign. You don't just go in there and try to create something without knowing what you want to get out of it. After that, you refine your message and you create something that you would like to present to this audience or something that you would like them to take away from that PR campaign. And you keep refining that as you go along and as you learn more about yeah. it. Um, I think there's an important step there, which um, I want us to go back to setting goals. So when it comes to PR goals or objectives, what would be a realistic or an appropriate goal for, say, one year? The initial step is to set the objective. This is the business objective. Like, what is it that you're trying to accomplish business-wise? Who is the target audience? Mm -hmm. Then what is the communications goal? Then what is the strategy? What are the tactics? And then you can yeah. say, how many news articles? How many people do I want to reach? How many speaking engagements mm -hmm. do I want to get? Yeah, you can set all of those goals. But I think that before you do that, what you should be focusing on is what you want to say. So as a coach or a consultant, your PR goal would be to communicate the type of coaching or consulting that you are providing so that people will understand the benefits that are relevant to them and be influenced enough by what you're saying to hire you for your expertise so that you can help them get from where they are now to where they want to be. That would be the goal to me. And then how you go about that, media coverage, speaking engagements, attending events, even going to a networking event and not speaking, you still want to have your messaging. You still want to know what you want to say. You can get a lot out of an event. Let's say you don't have a budget and you, you want to do the, something at an event. You don't, you can't sponsor. Maybe you can't even speak because maybe the speaking engagements are reserved for sponsors. But what you can do is you can sort out your messaging before you go. You can figure out who's going to be there. You can work the room and you can make sure that you say what you want to say. Be prepared. So that's why to me, mm -hmm. it's more the qualified than the quantified. Know what you want to do and then you can create buzz. My question was more around setting expectations and for people to not think that because they're building a, a PR campaign, now they can expect to be in the news every week or 
or even yeah. every month because sometimes that's not possible. It might be for people who have a very wide uh, reach, but if you have a narrow niche, and I encourage people to narrow down yeah. their niche if they want to attract uh, the right uh, clients, it's very unlikely that you will get a lot of media coverage. I mean, a campaign can be simply one media coverage surrounded by other things that you do to to create a buzz. So that's that's what I meant okay. when I was asking well, so about So let me address goal. that then. I mean, you know, it's important to manage expectations. That's true. Um, if somebody is trying to get a message across it doesn't, you don't necessarily need a lot of coverage to be successful. I think what you need to know is who you're trying to reach. So going back to our original discussion of what the sort of process is, set your business objective. Okay. What are you trying to accomplish? Maybe you're a coach, you're a consultant, you're trying to make sure that people know what it is that you do, how you do it. You want to attract clients. Mm -hmm. So then you say, okay, who is it that I'm trying to reach? You write down the type of, of person. Then you say, where do those people get their information? And you make a short list of where they like might go for information. Then you take, I would say, take one or two things off that list. And I would take them from the bottom of the list, not the top. So do a couple of low risk things first, right? Try with some media that may be smaller and, uh, or mm -hmm. events that are smaller or whatever. Um, so you've got your list and maybe your list has the, you know, the wall, let's just say for argument's sake, the wall street journal as your top media. And as maybe lower down the list is like your local radio station or your local community paper in your neighborhood, not even in your city. Um, I would say prepare your messaging, make sure it's relevant. So you might have to tweak it a bit if it's local, go to the media outlet that you're interested in. So let's say it's your local community paper, read through it. They usually have advice areas in those types of publications where people are giving advice on various topics. Let's just say hypothetically that what you're doing fits in there because you're giving leadership advice and you're going to give it to, let's say, a small business owner, and you can figure out a pitch that would make sense for your local community paper. Look at who the journalist is that writes those types of articles in the community paper. Read a few of that journalist's articles, not just one. Get familiar with the tone and the coverage. Then if you want, you can email them a pitch and say, hey, I'm so-and-so. Tell them who you are. Tell them your credentials very briefly. And I have an idea. You know, I've been reading your articles. Make reference to something they've written. Ideally, give them a compliment meaningfully. And then tell them what your pitch is. And this whole email should be no more than like four to five lines. So mm -hmm. basically, you're just saying, you know, hi, this is who I am. I've read your stuff. I think it's really interesting. This is what I do. I have this idea. I was wondering if you thought it was interesting. Like I said, low risk, local community paper, maybe you pitch your radio station and then ideally they'll respond and say, maybe they'll say, thank you, not our type of thing, but thanks very much. But that doesn't mean you can't pitch them again in two weeks, learn from that. Or they may say, Hey, you know what? That's a really interesting idea. I'm not sure it's exactly right for us. Could we maybe chat about it? And then you can get on the phone with them. Or they may say, yeah, that's a great idea. Let's talk about it. And you might get your story published. But I would do that with a couple of what I call low risk publications to start with, and then work your way up to the top of the list. And same process though, even if you're pitching the Wall Street Journal, and I do this all the time. The other thing you can do with the bigger papers is look these journals up on Twitter because most media are on Twitter and they also have their contact information mm -hmm. there. So it makes it really easy to find their email. It's usually right in their Twitter account. 
But the other thing you find out from looking at their Twitter is what they write about, what they're interested in, because they're people, right? They're not just journalists. So they're usually talking about things as people. And then you get a bit of a sense of their personality and it helps you with the tone of the pitch. You do not have to follow them on Twitter. In fact, I would not even encourage you to follow them because ultimately, if you want to create a relationship with a journalist, you want them to follow you back. So before you follow them, you want to reach out to them and get to know them. And then once you get a relationship with that person, you go back to their Twitter and then you start commenting, liking, you build rapport, you follow them, they follow you back. I have developed countless relationships with journalists doing that. That's really good advice. And uh, thank you for taking us through the step-by-step -step process on how to do that. For the big publication, like the big media outlets, it's unlikely that you will get a response first time because the editors or the journalists, they might receive countless emails every day. So when it comes to follow-up, do you have any advice? Maybe my opinion on this is not something people would necessarily like, but I would say don't follow up more than once. I mean, I just personally mm -hmm. think that journalists are super busy. They're busier now than ever. They work on deadline. So I, I think that the way you solve that problem is a little bit different than just following up. I think what you should also familiarize yourself with is the process the media goes through in a day. So if you're talking about a large publication, most of them have story meetings first thing in the morning. So a journalist is probably gonna have a, a story meeting. I mean, not every single journalist has them at the same time, but let's just for argument's sake, say they happen between nine and 10 o'clock. They're having their story meetings, meaning they're going to their pitch meetings with their editors and they're going to be assigned their stories for the day. Once they're assigned a story, they're basically not going to follow up with you because they're busy writing their story. And once they start writing their story, you do not want to call them. You do not want to bother them because they will not pick up. And if they do pick up, they're going to be probably not happy to be pitched at like 11 in the morning or two in the afternoon when they're on deadline. So the best thing to mm -hmm. do probably would be two things. One, if you're just working with somebody that you don't know at all, pitch them in the afternoon, like pitch them at around four o'clock or three o'clock because they're probably going to be either close to their deadline or past their deadline, but yet not going home. So send them your story idea at 3, 4 o'clock in the afternoon if you're talking about a daily newspaper, which is on a daily short lead. And then maybe they'll see it, or maybe they'll see it the next morning when they get there at like nine, and they'll consider it. And maybe they'll reach out to you and respond. Mm. And if they don't, you can write to them later on that afternoon, try one time, maybe give it a day, 24 hours, don't write the next day, depending on whether your story is time sensitive. Uh, give it one try and then forget about it and try another one. They'll see your name in the email and they'll think, oh wait, did, I, did that person pitch me last week? Have I seen this? Eventually they'll open your emails if you persist, but don't pitch them too often either. Like maybe pitch them once every week or two and give it a rest. And I wouldn't follow up more than once. Mm -hmm. The other thing you can do is if it is a columnist, they generally will file their column on a specific day of the week. Like the marketing column will run every Thursday or, you know, whatever it is. Leadership column in the small business area will run every Monday. I don't know. But take note of that or look it up and figure it out. And then if you know when what day the column runs, pitch the day before the column runs because that is typically the day where they filed and they're stories running and the cycle is going to start again the next week. And they're going to, you know, they're going to spend the whole week developing that story. Take your cue from the journalist. Mm -hmm. And if you do call them one time and they're on deadline, don't make that mistake again. 
Okay, so let's assume that we've got something like an event or a launch, let's say for the launch of a book, and we want to create a PR campaign for that. Apart from the media, what else is part or can be part of a PR campaign? Again, you want to think, first of all, who are you trying to reach with your book? Who is the target audience? Then you ask yourself, where do they go for information? And whatever that answer is, that's where you should look for opportunities to promote your launch. So maybe it's social media because you've got a launch coming up and they go to the social media for information. So what can you do to generate interest in your book using social media? One thing you could do is give away some books, run a promotion, right? People like free stuff. Another way you could do it is you could offer a sample of what you've written, maybe a sample chapter or something. You distribute that on social media as a PDF, or you run excerpts as educational content. So that's the sampling strategy, right? You want to get your product into the hands of people. Let's say you're going to an event. You could look for an opportunity to speak at the event about your book, right? So your audience is going to be at the event. You've got a book launching. You want an opportunity to talk about your book. So you attend the event and you speak and you speak about the content of your book because maybe you have a proprietary process or something that's relevant to the audience. If there's no speaking opportunities at the event, you could just attend and network. And like I said, you have your messaging, you know what you want to say, you're prepared. You don't go, oh, hi, I've, I've got a book, but maybe you talk about the contents of your book. You don't even have to mention your book, but you could talk about the contents of your book. And then when people say, oh, that's really interesting, you say, oh yeah, well, it's in a book I just wrote. If that's interesting to you, then I've got some more great stuff in my book, which you can find here. Um, or you can give them a copy. You want to be creative about how you do your launch. You want to think about where your target audience is and, you know, just look for opportunities to get your message or your product in front of them. And whatever you do, whatever you do, it's really important to evaluate your results because you want to make sure you learn from, from what you're doing, what worked, what didn't. So essentially what you're saying is pretty much anything can be part of a PR campaign. If you have a strategy behind it, if you're creative enough, and if it speaks to to the audience and delivers the message that you're looking to deliver meets the objective that you've set for yourself in the beginning, either to create a buzz around what you do as a professional, or to maybe create awareness around your book, get the book in the hands of more people, whatever it might be. Yes, anything does go as long as you know what your business objective is, who your target audience is, um, and where they get their information. And then you can come up with an idea. You execute the idea and then you evaluate the idea. You learn from it, you start all over again. In, in today's day and age, advertising has become so complicated. And there's so many other things that are complicated too. If you want to place a Facebook ad as a coach or consultant, it's not easy. It's not cheap. But PR by comparison mm -hmm. is simple and easy. As long as you know how to do it and it's not hard to learn. I'm sort of tired of hearing people say, I don't understand. I want to help them understand because it's really very straightforward. And you have a resource to build your own PR toolkit. It's still being developed at the present time. So, I mean, it hopefully will be done in the next few months. Uh, the best place for people to find out about me is LinkedIn right now, uh, because I do have a, a corporate website with my company, but yeah. it's going to be transitioning into a personal website over the next few months. So um, I would encourage people to go to my LinkedIn and just stay tuned. And that's where I'll be posting everything. And I'll make sure to put the link to your LinkedIn profile in the show notes so people can follow you and stay tuned and updated. Janice, thank you so much for sharing everything with us today. It was a pleasure having you. 
You just finished listening to an episode of the Coaching for a Living podcast. Did you know that you can send me an audio message directly? Check out the show notes for a link that allows you to do that. You can use it to send in a question you have about building a coaching business or to simply share your impressions about the podcast and any suggestions for what content you'd like me to cover in the future. I cannot wait to hear from you. Again, check out the show notes for the link and who knows, maybe I'll feature your message in a future episode. All right, that's it for today. I'm Alisa Barkan and I'll catch you next time.